This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with my friend and co-conspirator of the day, Nick Wakeman, Editor-in-Chief of Washington Technology. Nick, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's good to talk with you again. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Uh, And we're going to be discussing... Uh, the latest Wash Tech Top 100 Contractors. And when we say Top 100, this is IT professional services contractors. This isn't uh, maintenance, shipbuilding, stuff like that. Right. So, Nick, this is funny because almost 13 years ago now, I wrote my first column for you, and it was about how to break in to the Top 100. (laughs) That's right. So I want to take a a couple of minutes to go over that because there, there were six things that I identified. I, I didn't, you know, they're, they're broad concepts, but you know, number one was commitment. So I, I want your feedback on these. I'm not going to read this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I think, especially as you look at uh, these companies, whether they're new ones are relatively new to the top 100 or even the long-term players. I mean, you know, I mean, I think you, you talked about commitment, focus, uh, time, relationships, and uh, education. Education. And then that just back to commitment. Yeah, you know, commitment. And, and that, a- that commitment, I think, is really fascinating because it goes, particularly, be, there's several companies on the list that aren't all 100%. GovCon. You know, yeah, GovCon. They have commercial businesses or things like that, and I think that commitment is really key because, and it, it's on multiple layers of the company. You need that sort of that team that's committed to the market and they're out there hustling. But probably most importantly, you, they need that top cover. They need a CEO and a board that are committed to the market that understand. You know, and I guess that's where the education comes in too. Understands the market and. That it's going to take time. Another one of your characteristics, to, especially if you're starting from scratch. I mean, it's just going to take a lot of time to, to to get the relationships, get the contracts, get you know, get in front of the right people, understand what the customer wants, how it's different than the commercial market, all those things. Yeah, the the time factor is interesting to me for a variety of reasons because a lot of companies will call me, particularly smalls, and they're, they're they say, "Well, I found this really neat group to belong to." And number one, I've never heard of it. Or if I have, it's it's one of those water treading type gigs and you're not going to get any traction. So you're, you have limited time. So the resources, that resource, you have to really focus on to, you know, is AFCIA for you? Is ACT-IAC for you? Is PSC for you? Is NDIA for you? You know, you can't belong to all the associations. Uh, I mean, you can, but what's the point? Um, You know, you have information sources and we'll get into this because I have five top information sources. Second tier, I have a hundred, right? But there's five that I have to look at every week. 
and one isn't like print or broadcast. It is, it is a brain trust. Yeah. So you know, one, one thing I, you know, when you talked about, you know, time, it, I kind of had a little flashback to talking to uh, uh, Dendy. Oh Dendy gosh. Young. Dendy Young. Wow. I can't believe. And I remember talking with him, especially when, you know, we see it was at GTSI and shortly thereafter kind of touching base with him on, about somebody or some company. And he'd be like, well, he says, let's see if they're still here. And, in eight months well, let's see if they're still you know if, if they're if they're here 18 months from now then i'll believe it kind of thing yeah and he's very right you see these you know especially on the more on i think on the sort of the product side of companies that can think they can come in and do it and but uh that commitment actually is why also why you see you know that that resellers are still such an important company in the marketplace for, yeah, for commercial yeah. companies to go it. back to dendy for a second yeah. i'm fortunate enough to have him uh as as a close friend so i'm able to tap into him as often as i want and i don't abuse that but when i when i have an issue that i'm not sure of or if i'm not sure who to reach out to for certain information he's he's not directly involved in govcon anymore but his connections in this market are second to none yeah and he's so smart. He really. Oh God! I, I think that uh, <laughs> I always liked him when he was at GTSI, but I think it was afterwards that I realized when I think when he was freer to talk about things with me and stuff that maybe before I was like, "Wow, this guy—he's got a lot going on." I mean, it's yeah. yeah. I was fortunate. He was the first CEO that uh, spent time with me, and that goes back to about 1989 or 90 when he was at yeah. Falcon. Oh, wow. You know, another thing about this first column, I think is kind of neat. It, we could publish the exact same column today. None, none we, of these. We things. might. I'll just change the date. <laughs> okay. It, uh, they're all as important, if not more important today than they were uh, in 2008. Yeah. You know, and that's why I wanted to discuss it, because as I, you know, this this was the first iteration. I think I've done something similar. I know I've done it more than once. I think I've done it three times for you over the years. The last time of which was just maybe three years ago. Um, you know, I go, it's hard to say cause I've written over a hundred columns for you. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> hey, it, I'm, uh, if you're still printing them, I'm still writing them. <laughs> well, I think almost everything you've done in one way or another f- hits one or two of these points. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's, you know, June Rhee said there are X number of basic moves to Korean Taekwondo. I think it was seven. He said everything else is a combination. Yeah. So however the situation is, you pick from your arsenal, but it becomes muscle reflex, you know, uh, muscle memory. And, and if you're good at this stuff, if you're committed to this stuff, if you understand where the market is going, you know, not 10 years from now, but six months from now, 12 months from now, nobody knows where it's going in two years. Yeah. Um, well, maybe one person, but we'll get there later. Uh, but if you understand these things, you have a little arsenal of tactics that you can work with. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, I, and, and yeah, I've had people say, you're writing about the same stuff. And I said, well, learn from it, dude. I'm preaching yeah. the same sermon. Because yeah. <laughs> people make the same mistakes over and over, <laughs> over and over and over. And, you know, I can laugh at it, but I'd rather have them learn. 
So, you know, I try to add value with everything I write and Lord knows uh, I write a lot. Yeah. Um, So enough about the first article. Let's start talking about some of these companies that uh, uh, have made the top 100. You want, where do you want to start? You want to start with that, uh, that the, the pizza place? (laughs) <laughs> you have to be talking about Lidos, number oh, one. Oh, yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, Lidos, uh, you know, as big as they are, they're, you know, they're, they're growing organically I mean, very strongly. But just the way they view the market and the way they are in almost like a constant t- state of change and transformation with the acquisitions they made. Um, it, it's funny talking to them. One thing that's remarkable is how often they refer back to making that that Lockheed Martin deal four or five years ago, and how that really set them on this path. It changed the company. Uh, you know, Lockheed Martin had a lot of discipline as far as pursuing large contracts. Lido's had its history of, of pursuing lots of smaller ones, very entrepreneurial. So they've they've really kind of melded those two. And in the past year, I mean, they, you know, the the Navy engine contract, uh, they won that. Gosh, you know, in, they've won. Uh, oh, it's a it's a mental health uh, support contract that they won with with uh, VA to help you know families and and things of uh, veterans and veterans and their families. Yeah. Um, and then then just the acquisitions. I mean, this you know they then they made Dynetics, which pushed them into space, which is a whole other trend. I think we're seeing in the top 100 as a big growth area. Um, the L3 Harris deal they did for airport security equipment, that's been slow to take off because of the, you know, right. uh, no pun intended because of COVID. Um, but then this, just this year, they, they acquired 1901 group and then they acquired a Navy architecture group. 1901 will help them more with sort of enterprise IT and cloud migration transformation. The, uh, the, the Naval architecture group, which I apologize, I can't remember the name, um, That'll help. They have a big business doing autonomous uh, maritime vessels. They have a vessel, an autonomous vessel. I think it's like a 90 foot, you know, 90 feet long. It's a big, it's a big boat and nobody's on it. (laughs) Yeah. That when they, when they picked up 1901, just as an aside, they picked up a person I considered to be an excellent marketer and Patricia Long. Oh yeah. Uh, She used to work with uh, Brad Antel back in salient. So I've known Patricia for several years and she's really good. Yeah. She's, she's great. So, so that's, you know, so Lidos, I think uh, it'll be interesting to keep watching them, see what they're going to do next. And, and of course that size and, and how they, well, that whole Lockheed thing was was a a market shaker. I didn't yeah. see it coming. Not that I you know had any crystal ball on that, but you know, remember when Lockheed bought uh, Martin Marietta? Yeah, and and everybody goes, "Wow, we have the biggest animal in the universe," uh, and we did for a while. Yeah, it's so, really, and you know that uh, you know buying Lockheed, their their IS and GS group. It did. It just changed. Changed. I think everyone expected that business to kind of be spun out as an independent because right. they were so big. It was a four. Yeah. I think the deal was you know five billion or something like that. So, but pocket uh, change. Yeah, pocket change. <laughs> God, it's, it's horrible. Sometimes I throw. Oh, you know, it's only you know five hundred million. It's not that big a contract. <laughs> it's it rem- in in my first book. I'm I reference in 
government marketing best practices. I wrote it back in 04, published 05. I'm watching Leonard Malton one night on Entertainment Tonight, and he was screaming excitedly about Hollywood hitting this new benchmark, $5 billion in sales. And I started laughing. My wife says, why? I said, I'm consulting on the super mini contract. That's $11 billion. <laughs> <laughs> All things in perspective. Yes. We're yes. going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I will be back with more jokes with Nick Wakeman right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Nick Wakeman, and we are discussing in broad terms his uh, latest uh, published uh, top 100 uh, contractors. These are IT and professional services. So we're not getting into like military hardware and stuff like that. So Nick, uh, next on our list is our buddies at booze. Yeah. Booze Allen. They've had a good year and continue to, uh, to grow. I'm looking forward with them. Um, so when I talked with, with them for the top 100, you know, they've for the last, Oh gosh, I guess it's nine years old. Now they have this vision 2020, and now we're in 2021. So I was trying to talk to them more about, okay, so what's, what's your next vision going to look like? I guess it'll probably be vision 2030, maybe. I don't know. Well, but uh, 2020 is a hundred percent, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, it's really interesting. They kind of, the way she, uh, Karen DeHoot explained it to me, the vision 2020 was as much about changing Booz Allen internally as it was winning new business, even though they won new business as they changed. And basically they transformed from being purely kind of management consulting more into kind of a technology company with, you know, technology embedded into their, into their offerings and how that, you know, changed the company, their outlook and sort of they see this next strategy will be kind of a continuation of that, but it'll be more focused on how they can, transform the customer they see this digital transformation as sort of the next you know it's, it's already ongoing but yeah. that's that's what's going to drive the market for the next 10 years is how technology just is is the mission instead of instead of well, how, how, you, how unique is a plan like that that you know of in our market well i think everybody talks about that and wanting to do that but i think with booz allen you know they have the one they have the size to deliver it and they also have the track record i mean they're not they're not the only one kind of moving you know deeper and deeper into the mission of course but i think that they uh they've had a lot of success at it and they really that closeness to their customer and and being at that size like she talked about this need to partner with their customer and to in a way to kind of do joint r&d so once they sort of identify the a problem doing these, you know, pilots and and challenges and things like that to kind of prototyping to to uh, address their problems. That that's that's the that's the big advantage I think big companies have is that they have the resources to do a lot of that. Yeah, I've done a lot of reading over the last couple of years on strategy, and it's weird. I think we've talked about this before too. Strategy as a business concept really didn't occur until Bruce Henderson, the founder of BCG, brought it to the fore in the late 60s, early 70s. And then everybody jumped on it. McKinsey, Bain, uh, Michael Porter, uh, you know, on and on. But I've been reading a lot of BCG stuff lately because uh, uh, Harvard Business Press sends me 
books if if uh, they think I'll review them. And a couple of them have been from Boston Consulting, and they're just absolutely wonderful. But you know, they're they're often B to C, sometimes B to B. But I'm looking at these things, looking for those nuggets of B to G. So when somebody like Booze comes along and starts doing this stuff, I'm just utterly fascinated. Yeah, I think, and I think too that she, you know, Booze Allen and and the folks there would would differentiate themselves from sort of the Banes in the world in that they're not. There's that fear that you do this strategy and then you put it on the shelf. Right. And I think what they've, the other thing that's remarkable with Booz Allen is in talking with them over these last, this last decade is how often they refer things back to vision 2020 mm-hmm. and how often that is, you know, what they're winning and what they're pursuing, how it fits back into that strategy. It's, so it's just not kind of shelfware for them, I think. And I right. think that's interesting. And that transformation now that they're, as I said in the article, that they're more likely to do a, a product demo now than they are to come in and give you a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that whole concept of putting it on the shelf, you know, if you work with a company like a, uh, a Boston consulting group or, who, you know, whoever, you're going to see all kinds of uh, support for follow-up for these things, um, you know, pushing you forward. They don't want you to put it on the shelf. They right. want you to implement because that's going to make them come back and use you, you know, over and over again. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I just had uh, Martin Reeves on a couple of weeks ago Martin's a chairman of the BCG Henderson Institute, which is like this really cool think tank. And he had a new book out that we were discussing, uh, The Imagination Machine. You'd love that book, by the way. There's just a ton of stuff in there that that is applicable to what we do. Wow. Imagination. The Imagination Machine. And that Imagination Machine. Okay, I'll look for that. Yeah. Um, not that I read or anything, but, you know, <laughs> I, I not only write, I read. Wow. What a concept. <laughs> well, I have to get the ideas from somebody. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, I love booze, but let's move on. Let's sure this, this company I've never heard of before. IBM. What? Yeah. Uh, IBM. Oh. You know, it's this, it's this company up in upstate New York that I think they're going to have a big, a big impact on the market. <laughs> no, you know, Never IBM get fired for buying IBM. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, IBM, you know, well, maybe, I don't know. They've had their, their moments of transformation when they, you know, I think they, they basically invented or helped invent the PC and then they sold off that business and, you know, with, which created Lenovo, but they're in the process of basically getting rid of a large portion of their sort of, services business um which is uh sort of the you know running data centers and network operation centers and all that and what's going to what's going to be ibm is they want to be more of a pure technology company so it'll be a lot of their you know cloud cloud infrastructure cloud management cloud migration the whole again going back to the whole digital transformation that's the part they're hanging on to so they'll be smaller though still, you know, multiple 
billions in, in revenue. Um, but they see that as sort of their, what will fuel their growth and not having this other business, which is older, you know, more butts and seats kind of business. Right. Uh, and, and definitely away from the hardware side of things. Yes. Yeah. Except for Watson. Yeah. <laughs> but they, you know, in the federal space, and I still have to write this story. I mean, I did, did interview uh, Steve LaFleche, their new public sector lead. Um, so I still have to write the story. So, but he says that most of their, their federal businesses already kind of in this transformation kind of work, doing the cloud and stuff. The other business that, you know, they're running big data centers in the state and local market, Medicaid, Medicare kind of processing centers as far as the, the infrastructure for those things. So he doesn't see a huge change in federal, but I do think it'll open them up for their, their partnering strategy and bringing in other companies to work with them that maybe they're going to have... need to, if they're moving into that space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. you, you ain't going it alone. Right. Right. But I think, yeah. I think maybe they will be a little more agnostic that they won't be just trying to sell somebody their hardware. Well, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let, let me ask a different question. You said sure. you, you still have to write this. Do you get up in the middle of the night and irritate Beth by having to write something down? <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes I, you know, I'll make a, I have my phone right there and I'll make a little note, but we're both pretty heavy sleepers these days. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I try not to uh, wake up Mary Ellen, but I, every now and again, I got it up in the middle of the night, go down to the office and just get this, this idea out because I know if it, I oh. I'll remember it in the morning. No, you won't. You won't. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> you think of like the perfect start or the perfect something like, okay. And then it's gone. That that perfect line. Yeah, that perfect line. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right. So um, um, let's uh, uh, screw it. Let's take a break. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. If you can't tell, I'm here with Nick Wakeman, and we're having a good time. We'll be <laughs> back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with my friend. And uh, soon to be tag team uh, uh, comedy partner, uh, Nick Wakeman, um, uh, tag team comedy and GovCon, not yeah. not on actual TV or anything. Um, but um, we're talking about the top 100. And Nick, you've been uh, uh, how many times have you done the top 100 at Wash Tech now? You started it. Uh, well, actually, I came in like I think the third year. So that was 96. So Steve did it before you? No, no. Um, gosh, who was the Because Steve came in after me. Oh, did he? When I was just a reporter, he came in. And then I replaced him. Who was doing it? Trish Williams is who hired me. So, But I'm not okay. sure if she's... I don't think she started it either. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, Esther Smith was the, you know, the owner of Watch Tech then. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably and her brainchild. Her and uh, her, her and John Sanders. John Sanders. Yeah. And, and someone else? I should. I should look. I should reach out to. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's John's down in South Carolina. Yeah, Myrtle area. Yep. Yep. Okay. Enough gossip. Yes. <laughs> um, so, what's this space thing? Yeah, you know, I, it's it's. I'm really, going to start a company. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's been interesting because we started noticing a couple of years ago. Um. One, some pure space companies like Viasat is on the list. Um, 
But then you also are seeing the companies that are on there making more moves towards space. Because, I mean, there's, gosh, thousands and thousands now of satellites orbiting. And so there's that part of it, you know, working on payloads, you know, Lidos, you know, by Dynetics, which has got them deeper into space. Uh, Paraton, who I know we're going to talk about in a, in a minute here, they have a big space business. Um, just about any, you go down the top, top 20, it's particularly, almost all of them have some elements of that. And they, there's, so there's payloads, there's the communications, there's um, these different layers of, you know, whether it's surveillance and then collecting data, sensors everywhere, access, you know, and especially, um, and I'm kind of rambling, I know, this computing out on the edge is going to rely, you know, heavily on a satellite backbone. So how do you manage that, get that in place? So it's a, it's a big business. And, and I have to admit, I struggle sometimes to understand because there's so many bits and pieces of it. And, um, but, uh, and you still see like, like there's a company made the list this year, Aerojet Rocketdyne, who won't be on it next year because Lockheed's already buying them. And they, they're doing a lot <laughs> of this, uh, you know, payload management and, and uh, ground system kind of work. So, so, so they'll, they'll make one appearance and then they're gone. Lockheed's <laughs> telling Lighthouse, you can have that IT thing. We're taking over the rest of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So let's talk about this Paraton thing. I saw your interview with, uh, with Stu, uh, what was it? A week or so back yeah. and wow. Yeah. That's just an amazing uh, phenomenon there. How that happened. I mean, here, you know, you know, Paraton, their history coming out of Harris and having bits and pieces from, you know, ITT and other things that had existed in the past. And, you know, he talks about it as like the island of misfit toys, which I think is a great line. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were working, putting that together. And they were, you know, a billion dollar business. They were doing okay. And then they got this opportunity, you know, Northrop decides to sell their IT business and uh, Paraton's backed by, uh, 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 Veritas, a big private equity firm. So they gave them a few billion to buy that. And then right on top of that, Prospecta was on the market and they went after that. And, and you know, with Prospecta, you know, Veritas sort of had that inside edge on that because they owned, owned Paraton, but then they were, were, they were Prospecta's largest shareholder. So um, I think that, that came into play, though they had to pay a good price to themselves. <laughs> You know, so and the other shareholders, yeah. but so now they went from basically being a billion to like seven billion a year in revenue. I mean, it's just incredible. And you know, Stu has run big organizations before, and he was, you know, at SAIC when they split SAIC and created, well, renamed themselves Lidos and created another SAIC. So he's he's been in big integrations, but but this one is, whew, man, but. So we'll see. We'll see how they, they do. I mean, it's, you know, he's got a good team in place, I think, with you know, Jeremy Wenzinger and, and Mike King and some of those other folks over there. And they have Paraton CFO came over. I mean, Prospectus CFO came over. So that, that's really big because um, Prospectus, I think, is the biggest of those three pieces. Right. And plus, he's, you know, he's run a public company and or been a CFO for a public company and, Paraton's not public, but that's probably where they're going to head because I think they're at a size where it's hard to imagine somebody else buying them. 
Well, you know, Veritas is going to want some money back sooner or later. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. It's just a matter of timing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're number nine right now. Did that incorporate all of these roll-ups? As best I could. I have to be honest. I think it, and if nothing changes, I would think they'd be a little higher next year because it takes time for these contracts to get novated. Like, actually, we, we you know, Ross Wilkers, my senior staff writer, he did a story this week where HPE won this big contract. And we're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so it took a little while, but it's, it's Peritons through Perspective, which had bought DXC, which had DXC's public business, which had bought uh, Hewlett Packard, which had bought, you know, there's just this tangle. So the data is all, you know, it takes a couple of years sometimes for all the data. to. We're going to need that TV commercial to trace the DNA in your lineage. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. The the, uh, Ancestry.com of GovCon. Right. Uh, I want to talk about one more company before sure. we hit the break. And, and you brought it up and that's Palantir. Yeah. You told me you really wanted to dig in and I wanted to throw out one thing here. Um, you know, my, my top news sources include obviously my own radio station here, not mine. Um, Wash tech. Um, uh, I'm a Bloomberg kind of guy. Uh, but I got addicted to the Imix Group blog, God, a decade or more ago. Uh, you know, Alan Rubin, uh, a bunch of folks. But Chris Wiederman was doing these market analysis reports back then. And they were just, you know, only seven, eight hundred words, right? But I mean, just chock full of stuff. And the tea leaves are right in front of you. And now he's been over at Palantir for two and a half years. So I can't assume he's there working alone and I can't assume that they're ignoring the value that he brings to the company. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He, he's when he was in MX, he used to write some columns for us. I know <laughs> on different, different market segments. Yeah. Palantir's just, you know, they're, you know, they kind of got on my radar, gosh, three, four years ago, they, they were pursuing, a uh, there was an army contract. Now I'm drawing a blank. Where there was like a personnel system. Oh, I might be wrong about that. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't person. It was basically to collect data from command and control systems and things like that. And they were the army was developing it as a custom software bill, costing them. And they had spent you know untold millions on it already. And Palantir sued and said, "Wait a minute." You know, we're not we're not a custom software company, but we have a commercial solution that meets your requirements. So you have to make it a commercial. You know, you have to let us compete. And they won. They won the lawsuit and the, and the army had to change it. And um, I think their big competitor, I think, was Raytheon. So Raytheon actually had to sort of commercialize their solution. And it really changed that whole approach. And it saved saved the army a ton of money. But it also kind of forced a mindset change. And now, you know, now that's become more common at a lot of agencies, that kind of approach looking, you know, agent, government agents are looking out to see, okay, is there a commercial solution that can get us 90% there? And Palantir, I think, is really primed to take, a, take advantage of that. And with someone like Chris, too, understanding, 
you know, the market and sort of where their sweet spots can be, you know, you're going to see them really grow. Yeah. Cool to do. Um, Let's take a break. You're listening to Amtower off center on the federal news network. I'll be back to wrap up with Nick right after this. Welcome back to Amtower off center on the federal news network. I'm here today with Nick Wakeman. We've been talking about the top 100 list of wash tech, Washington technology.com. Uh, the list list is cool. This conversation has been really just a, a godsend. So I want to reference something here. Nick and I, uh, have conversations not as often as we should, but I had a problem a couple of weeks ago. I had a client call and say, we really need this kind of advice. Uh, I wasn't the person they were calling because they knew I had a decent network. I couldn't think of the right person. And I called Nick and said, Hey, um, this is a situation. This is the company I need to help. What do we need to do here? And, and Nick thinks for a second goes, have you talked to Paul Strasser yet? Um, and I'm going, no, God, what a brilliant idea. <laughs> so my, my point here is this is a collaborative universe. If you don't have people you can call on like Nick, like Dendy, like, you know, like Chris Wiedemann, like Alan Rubin, you know, all of the, uh, the, the, the people who should be in your immediate network, build it. Yeah. Yeah. You need it. You know, it's funny. I've, I've told people this especially with the, with the advent of, of social media, everybody to a certain degree is a journalist and you kind of have to think like that. You have to have sort of these touchstones out there that you can reach out to and people you can just have, you know, a background conversation on. And you also have to put yourself out there too, as um, you know, talking about what you're doing and, and what you're thinking and things like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, that network of sources. It's funny when we had that conversation. I think we did a couple other names came up. So, it was right. a little, which is what I love about being a journalist. It's so often you take this circuitous route, and then you get to the right answer, like which was the most obvious answer from the beginning, but you just didn't think about it right away. But it it took two to tango there. Yes, and, yes, you and, have somebody but, to bounce bounce things off of. Yeah, but it was you that came up with it. So here's yeah. my next question for you, uh, and that is. We have, uh, you, you got the top 100. We've been talking about, you know, billion dollar companies with tens of thousands of employees. There's at least three companies on your list that have fewer than 50 employees, and they're there. We have uh, V3 Gate, 56 on your list, Minburn Technologies, Tony Coangelo's company, number 66, New Tech Solutions at 71, and on uh on linkedin none of these companies have 50 tony doesn't even have 20 yeah um <laughs> holy crap yeah it's it's amazing there's several like that there's a newcomer who i think is about that size too and that's uh credence management solutions i don't really know them real well but uh they made the list the first time and i think they have like cuz i was doing a piece that came out uh recently on sort of the diversity of the management teams. And I, when I was on their website, they had 34 people. And I'm like, I know they're small because they're down and, you know, low on the list. And I said, I think that's all their employees. I think they put every employee on there. So it is yeah. remarkable. I think it does. They, all of them, all the companies you named are very much in the value added reseller uh, 
category. And it kind of goes back to your column that, you know, one is commitment to, you know, the relationships and three also sort of knowing, bringing that niche or understanding your niche and that, that there's, you know, you don't have to be multi-billion dollar to have a very successful run in the federal market. No, you, you do need the right contracts, that yes. commitment. Um, you know, I, I know a little more about Tony's company because Tony and I go back to, actually, it may have been Dendy that introduced us way back when. Um, and I'm because Tony thinking, worked at, did he work at GTSI at one point? Tony definitely worked yeah, at GTSI. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, but not with Harry. I actually introduced him to Harry when Harry went over to Micron. Um, so <laughs> weird world, man. Yeah. Um, but again, relationships, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's relationships with customers, but like with, with Tony, it's that relationship with, well, for him, you know, Microsoft. Right. And uh, having that. Uh, but you know, I mean, you know, I think you, you pointed out one of these companies has a relationship with Oracle. If yes. You have, if you have the right business status, the right contracts, and you can build a relationship with an OEM that uh, that really needs that small business factor, you can kick some serious butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and go all in. I mean, uh, and going all in on it, being that expert, too, and, and helping the customer. I mean, Tony's company, they, when Dios, the Defense Enterprise Office Systems contract was being uh, competed, Midburn was on every team. I mean, that was, you know, a $5 billion, you know, because they had decided we were going to do, we were looking for, you know, Microsoft and, and Tony. So he couldn't lose, which no. is just incredible. Yeah. What, what, what a catbird. And it is a small, you know, they're a small company and they don't have, you know, how many people did you say they have? They, they're under 20. Yeah. Under 20 people. And here, here's the cool thing about Tony. I worked, uh, I advised Micron PC when he and Harry the Beast Heisler were there, a number of other excellent people there. Um, and uh, uh, after that, he called me uh, one day uh, in late 2001 and said, I'm, uh, I'm going back in, I'll, I'll be in touch in 12 or 18 months. And I didn't know what he meant. He was a Green Beret and he had reassembled his team and he got uh, approval from his commander at Fort Carson to put the team back in place, same team. And I had no friggin' clue he was even a veteran. Um, And then he goes back in and every now and again, I get these pictures from Afghanistan. And there's this, this bear with a beard, you know, with 9 million weapons hanging off his, uh, his body. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful human being and deserves yeah. the uh, success that he's had. Yeah, he's, he is, you know, I, uh, I don't know him obviously as well as you do, but he's one of those people you talk to and you're like, gosh, I'm glad it's working for him because he is such a good guy. Yeah, I, c- I could tell other stories about Tony, but we don't have time. I want, <laughs> I want to ask you one final question. Sure. What are the commonalities that you see among the companies that are on, on the list? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest one, and I think we talked a little bit about it when we were talking about Booz Allen, is is the mission and how, you know, by and large, these companies aren't just going in to set up, you know, a network or 
or, you know, just manage an infrastructure, they're really kind of pushing into how all that fits with the mission and how they can understanding what the mission is and how these new technologies or old technologies or whatever, you know, serve that mission. So I think mission focus is the biggest commonality. Um, the other commonality just to be, you know, is so many of these companies, the last two years, the market has just been growing, you know, really well. And so, you know, it's all, all the boats are being lifted by the tide or whatever that expression is. I know I just butchered it, but, uh, you know, so it's a really good time to be in the GovCom market and probably will be, let's see, we're in 2021, probably through 2022. And then we'll have to, when the, the, a real, the real budget fights start, uh, after the 2022 elections, I think, then we'll, we'll kind of see what happens, whether the market will, whether we'll go in for, cause we're coming at the, we're in year five of five years of growth that followed five years where the market was going down through, you know, sequestration and, and other budget cuts. So, you know, you got to think that that cycle, we got to be getting close to the peak in the cycle. So I think these next couple of years, if you're not going to make it, you know, and grow and, and win a lot of business these next couple of years and you're, you're, you're not going to survive. So. Well, that, that drives home the 2020 point. Yeah. Get, get a strategic plan in place that will, and you know, accompany you know any scenario that happens along the way but yeah. get your plan in place yeah you know and you hear a lot of the companies talk about um you know diversification they may not use that word exactly but they talk about getting into these areas of the market that whatever happens you know they know that the government is still going to it's still going to be a priority you know cybersecurity, um health know, IT. those kinds of things yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh Nothing is forever. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but Nick, I got to tell you, man, this has been one of the most fun interviews I've done in a while. Oh, I enjoyed it too. This was, uh, it's, all, it's always great talking with you, Mark, because you, you ask good questions and you're one of those really smart people out in the marketplace for sure. Thank you for thinking so. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all a front. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I feel like I'm faking it most days. <laughs> well, when, when we fake it, it's still more than a lot of people bring to the market. So <laughs> I, I don't mind. Nick, thank you so much. Um, this is not my day job. I do advise companies on all aspects of marketing to the government. But I focus on uh, LinkedIn, building that subject matter expert platform, content marketing, and weaving these into a social selling situation for your company. If that resonates, give me a call, drop me a line, Mark Amtower at Gmail. And thank you very much for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.